cattle that work and the family that works with them. We're talking South Devon and the DLCC Ranch crew. Let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us on this all-new episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. And I'm Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. A big thank you goes out to our partners, the DLCC Ranch, the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale, Farmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange and the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market, Equine Market, and AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. Our top news story, USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, is adding 30 days to the comment period for a proposal to strengthen animal disease traceability regulations. APHIS announced in January its proposal to amend the animal disease traceability regulations and require electronic identification for interstate movement of certain cattle and bison. The proposed rule would require official ear tags to be visually and electronically readable for interstate movement of certain cattle and bison. The rule also would revise and clarify certain record requirements related to cattle. This includes requiring official identification device distribution records to be entered into a tribal, state, or federal database and making those records available to APHIS upon request. APHIS is seeking comments on how this proposed rule would impact the industry and on ways that the agency might assist with implementing those proposed changes. The deadline is April 19th. Now in other news, registration is open for six stockmanship and stewardship regional events in five states this spring and summer with an additional virtual event to be held in November. During each event, producers can become Beef Quality Assurance certified, network with fellow cattlemen and women, participate in hands-on demonstrations led by animal handling experts, including Kurt Pate and Dr. Ron Gill, and learn cutting-edge operation techniques. The 2023 stockmanship and stewardship locations include Farmington, New Mexico, Norfolk, Nebraska, McCook, Nebraska, Fort Collins, Colorado, Ontario, Oregon, and Caldwell, Ohio. Tigger, this is all I've got for news this week. I'm handing it back over to you now. On to our bull sale reports, and everybody absolutely loved these. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for texting me and uh, letting me know which ones you want reports on. We're starting out with the, and these are in no particular order, starting out with the Riverbend Ranch. 489 lots coming in with an average of 10,306. Congratulations. On to 44 farms, 132 bulls coming in with an average of 6,578. 87 yearling bulls with an average of 13,486 bred cows, an average of almost 13,000. Four pregnant recips at over 8,000 and then 22 yearling heifers with an average of 78.75. That's for Coopers. The Keller Broken Heart Ranch, 97 yearling bulls coming in with an average of 58.80. 79 yearling heifers, 4,019. Fetus Red Angus and Seabar T Red Angus over in Montana, 131 Red Angus bulls, 58.22 is their average. Staying on the Red Angus side, Leland Red Angus and Keister Red Angus, 116 yearling bulls, 62.14. 48 fall bulls, fall long yearlings coming in at 61.45. 35 yearling heifers at 1907. Sits Angus, Montana, coming in with 241 yearling bulls with an average of 93.18. 
233 commercial yearling heifers at over 1800 bucks. McDonald Ranches in their annual production sale talking Solaire and Optimizer cattle, 158 bulls with an average of 5837, 14 open heifers at 1343, and then 102 bred females coming in with an average of 2590. Wrapping up with the Doll Ranch in their 43rd annual production sale, 87 Charlay Bulls at 52.56, four Charlay Heifers at 49.37, 61 Simmental Bulls at 58.89, and then five Semi Heifers at 3,800 even. Coming up, we talk South Devon cattle. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. Can I interest you in live calves this winter and spring? How about getting rid of scours? I've talked about Pharmatan from Imogene Ingredients before, and I'm bringing it up now because your cows need to have Pharmatan in their system 90 days pre-calving to help eliminate scours. Pharmatan is now on my team of experts, so if you need some more information or have questions, just get a hold of me. You can head online to PharmatanUSA.com. You can look up Pharmatan on Facebook and Imogene Ingredients or call 515-745-1639 cattle market reports to various news stories the tri-state livestock news covers it all check us out at tsln.com subscriptions or advertising call tracy hawk at 406-951-3211 the tri-state livestock news what ranchers read nutrition does not need to be difficult or overwhelming or complicated at all keep things simple with westway feed products cow calf dairy feedlots equine and custom if you need you can count on westway westwayfeed.com. Before you purchase your next set of bulls or females, remember this. The seed stock business is about genetic improvement and customer service. Ally Genetic Resources understands this as well as anyone. Marty Ropp with Ally. That's our charges as seed stock producers is people look at us and you've got to make genetics that work better for us. We see that charge, we understand that charge, and we're going to use all the tools we can to get there. Ally Genetic Resources, where the mission is commercial customer success, period. Cattle Battle. The Ranch It Up Radio Show, as much information as we can pack into a 30-minute program as possible. Now, cattle that have to work for you 12 months out of the year and an outfit behind them. Dar and Lynn Geis of the DLCC Ranch, Piers, Minnesota. We have had them on the program many times before talking about South Devon and South Devon-influenced cattle. Their annual production sale is coming up April 15th in Piers, Minnesota, by the way, with the largest offering of South Devon and South Devon-influenced genetics anywhere. We'll have more on that in just a tick. Dar, thanks for joining us again, taking a break from the skid steer and, and moving all sorts of snow. Let's begin at the beginning before we get into the sale specifics and cattle specifics. Let's talk why South Devon cattle. South Devon breed has uh, long been in my heart, and, and I had other breeds of cattle, you know, when I discovered these things, and I've, you know, talked about that before, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that if you're a cow man, you have a 12-month calendar, they all year long, they do a lot of things right, you know, calving, calves get up, you know, they breed back, they, they forage out, you know, they bring in a big calf, and, and they're bred back, and, you know, they, they take the hard winters, like you and I both know we've had a little thing called winter this year for certain, <laughs> and, uh, it's uh it's been tough you know but it amazes me when people come look at our south Devon cows and they're just amazed about you know how how good they look and how normal they look if that makes sense uh that you know the south Devon breed you know fits right into the, the the manifesto of of all the different composites that's going on out there and of course you got to make a purebred in order to make you know start to build your composites but 
you know, and now we're, you know, we're sampling with some Simitol genetics to, you know, throw in there. And so, you know, we're building composites plus our, our purebred full blood base. Dar, we talk a lot of times about performance on these cattle and weights that we got to receive and pounds pay, right? I mean, that's just, that's just how it works for me on my outfit. The, the heavier the calves, the more money I make, but therein lies the rub because that may not necessarily be the case. What were my input costs to get those heavier weights? And I know that in the past, you've danced with that topic a little bit on, uh, you know, why the South Devons, why they're they're working for you in the environment that you're in. And I know you've said, well, one, functionality, but two, when it comes to just an easy-keeping cow that can take care of herself, when I have to put less dollars into her to maintain her, that means, hopefully, down the road, more dollars in my, po- in my pocket. Excuse me. We're talking about profit margin there. Well, you know, like, you know, I've had discussions with Larry Keene at Medellin Research Center, and, and he said, you know, one of the things that he would always talk about if he was a South Devon breeder is that, you know, South Devon's on a, on a grass diet where they just forage out. They're one of the most efficient breeds out there. And so grass is what we sell. I mean, that's basically what we harvest and sell through our performance and our calves. And so, you know, they, they, they do. They forage well. Uh, they spread out and go. So I think, uh, you know, um, you put that heterosis back in that cow herd and, 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 you know, it's uh, a South Devon cow, just, you know, being an amicable cow where, you know, the quiet disposition uh, just kind of makes them so they're easy to move and put out where you need to have them to go. And I think, uh, you know, this in terms of pounds of performance, and I think, you know, I looked at the national average of wean calves, you know, percent you know death loss percent wean calves and you know south devon calves i think still put you in a good position to wean a big big heavy calf crop so with such a push right now and, and i push on it actually this time of year it's every darn week we're talking about it sometimes more than uh, once a week and that is data 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 get as much data as you can to help make those decisions help whittle it down so that it takes some of that guesswork out of it because the bulls that we buy at your place on uh, April 15th, we aren't going to know what actually those genetics did until, you know, over two years from now. So that's a long time to wait to know if we made the right decision or not. So it's nice when we are able to have as much information as we can to take some of that guesswork out. So I'm really, really diving down the rabbit hole and getting specific with your outfit and your program. Talk to me about the kind of data that we can get on these cattle because, you know, as we've said, South Devon is a smaller breed in terms of the amount of actual cattle and genetics that are out there. Well, one thing for certain is, is this operation, as well as association, we have birth weight, wean weight, and year weight on every single animal since our since 1986. So we've measured birth weight all the way through. And then we compare the wean weight to the cow weight and size. Now we're measuring, you know, the body condition score as well. And I think that, uh, you know, another thing is we have 19 years of ultrasound on this, this cow herd. And so that, you know, kind of adds to, and now you know, with the last couple of years, we're at DNA into this, you know, to the sample as well and make these ZPDs even more accurate. So I think, you know, we're boosting the numbers as best we can. And, and by, you know, using some outside sires from other breeds in our, in our South Devon base, it, you know, kind of helps qualify, you know, just how effective, you know, our EPDs are. And I think it's, uh, it, it 
makes it so that these cattle can kind of adapt and go. And and I think probably too that you know the cattlemen who buy these cattle uh, are looking for those extra pounds of performance, but they're also looking for that extra punch in that cow herd. And you know, as we've developed these different breeds of cattle, you know, some say, well, they're they're more terminal type cattle or they're more maternal type cattle. And I think you know the South Devon breed, we have the opportunity to, to bring a lot of maternal to it, but at the same time have that. Com- com- terminal component to where we really wean off some big calves and i think it's uh, no other breed it can be as outside the genetic base of simitol uh angus base right now i think we're one breed is even though we're smaller i think we can offer as much opportunity to add some punch to your calf crop with through heterosis because we're an outcross so then when we're talking the uh and we're selling south devon's pound makers and navigators uh, tell me about the pound maker and the navigator cattle. Tell me about what makes up those composites. So the, the so the you know South Devon, of course, are South Devon. The pound makers are an English cross, so that's a red Angus or an Angus base on a South Devon cow, and on the navigators would be like a Simital South Devon. So we're you know the navigator will have your continental base. The pound makers would be your English base. And then, of course, the, you know our South Devon genetics will, will cross either way. So that's kind of how we we kind of. Uh, cut that cookie is just make those navigators on the Simmental base. We had a few limousine crosses in here. Uh, and that's, you know, that was about four or five years back. So we've introduced a little bit of Limflex uh, was a red Angus limousine, but we got from Wolf. So he was in there a little bit, but now we're more specifically on the Simmental South Devon for the navigators. So using your language, when you say to add a little bit more punch, if we want to stay a little bit more on the maternal side, would you recommend uh, the potential, you know, look at those pound makers if the uh, having the hybrids is something we, the, that we want to go the F1s or uh, the same way with the navigators if we want something that is just a tick more terminal but still gives a little bit more punch if we have maybe more of that English-based cow herd. Is that kind of right the way that you that, would gear those in terms of kind of making the first sort per se? Yeah, I think that's correct. But with the South Devon breed, and by using this, you do have the opportunity to keep some replacements out of there. I think you get that extra terminal look in some of these cattle, but some of those females can go back in the herd and you can utilize them without, you know, having to go somewhere else to find your replacements. And uh, females, I want to make sure that we touch on that because uh, I know that has been a very big area of popularity that people have called you and said we want to change our base, that we want some of these South Devon females. What do we got for an offering this year for South Devon-influenced females? We got a lot of South Devon females this year in the sale, and there's some of those pound makers right in South Devon, and we have some Simital South Devons, and we have some South Devons. And we have a pretty good sampling. We have like 10 fall pears bred back, and then we have uh, some fall bred heifers, and then, of course, there's just a great big good bunch of uh, right out of the top, you know, some South Devon yearling heifers. And, you know, we're selling kind of our top indexing heifers. You know, a few of those are in the sale as well. And, uh, I mean, it – if you've never seen South Devons before, this would be the time to come and take a look. Uh, it's uh, I'm really ex- excited about the kind of females we have. And if you're looking for red females, we have a really big bunch of, of red South Devon females this year, both in the Poundmaker uh, Navigator and the South Devon package. 
I just hope for the best, you know what I mean? I think the opportunity is there if people want to see it. And now more than ever, I think this thing about if you can add 15 or 40 pounds to these calves at $2.30, cents, $2.50, $2.70, $3 a pound, now more than ever, we need to create that opportunity for these guys to make some extra money. Dar Geis with the DLCC Ranch, their annual production sale Saturday, April 15th at the ranch in Piers, Minnesota. You can view catalogs and videos online at dlccranch.com. And the sale will be broadcast live at Superior Productions. You can bid and buy from your location if you are unable to join us at the ranch on the 15th. If you have any questions, feel free to get a hold of Dar at any time or any of the DLCC crew. And, of course, you can reach out to Beck and I, and we will get you exactly what you need to know. The DLCC Ranch. Up next, Kirk and the Numbers. The Ranch It Up Radio Show will be right back. LivestockMarket.com puts you in control when buying or selling commercial livestock, seed stock, or show stock. The easy-to-use online platform at LivestockMarket.com offers private treaty, online auction, and live auction internet bidding. Animals are sold before they ever leave your place. And with LivestockMarket.com, there's no middleman. Buyers connect directly with livestock and hay producers. There's no easier way to find buyers for cattle, sheep, goats, pigs, and hay. Sell on your terms today with LivestockMarket.com. The world-famous Mile City Bucking Horse Sale for 2023 features one of the largest one-day match bronc ridings in the world. Sunday, May 21st at the fairgrounds, a PRCA-sanctioned event with 32 of the best bronc riders in the world riding for a $50,000 purse. Sunday, May 21st of the Bucking Horse Sale weekend, parimutuel wagering also available. Find the schedule and tickets online, buckinghorsesale.com. South Devon and South Devon Genetics from the DLCC Ranch. Why South Devon? Well, it's real easy. Composites with South Devon, they can bridge the gap between continental and English breeds. Join us in Piers, Minnesota, Saturday, April 15th, for the DLCC Ranch annual production sale featuring South Devon Poundmaker and Navigator cattle. You've heard me talk about it before. It's the largest South Devon offering anywhere. DLCC Ranch. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ranch It Up radio show, that time when we check in with Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. Kirk, what do you got for us today, my friend? Other than just the first little taste of spring, we got some market numbers. As of Friday, March 17th, April feeders closed at 194.72.5. That's down $2.87.5 with the CME feeder index at 187.87, down 96 cents on the week. This leaves the basis at a negative 83 cents versus March futures. April live cattle closed at 162.47 and a half. That's down a dollar 87 and a half, with cash trading a dollar weaker at 164, leaving the five area weighted average 111 lower at 164.11. This leaves our basis a positive one dollar and 63 and a half cents. The weekly slaughter came in at 631,000. That's 3,000 less than the week prior and 5,000 less than the year before. Choice boxes closed the week at 283.35. They lost another dollar 56. We had a cattle on feed report Friday that came in at 95.5% on feed, 92.8% placed, and 95.1% marketed. All those numbers fell well within the range of expectation, and the report was considered neutral. 
to wrap the live cattle section up. The show list this week is 13,100 head larger with Kansas down 1,300, Texas up 5,400, and Nebraska up 9,000 head. So May cr- corn closed the week at $6.34 and three quarter cents, up 16 and a half cents on the week. Sorry to jump in there for you, Kirk. I was going to say before we let you go, quick question for you on the markets. Traditionally, at this time of year, now that we're into spring, do we tend to see the bumps in the cattle markets? Because I know that's been a lot of talk of how much strength is in these markets. And do we kind of seasonally see this because of just the optimism of spring in and of itself? Seasonals would fall out. Typically, they top out the end of February, and then they typically have weakness through the first week or so of April. Um, Obviously, with the strength we had all the way up till last week, um, the seasonals really aren't tracking very closely. So one could argue that we are in the seasonal week part of the year going into April, uh, but you could also argue that the seasonals really haven't been very accurate this year. And as always, if people wanting more information, the best way to get started is by texting the word cattle, C-A-T-T-L-E-2, 33777. You get Kirk's free newsletter, and that starts the ball rolling. So as always, Kirk, I appreciate you. Look forward to next week. All right, you bet, Tigger. I can't wait. Mark Van Z with LivestockMarket.com. Coming up this Wednesday, March 29th, we have a special hay and straw online auction. Bidding opens at just $10 a bale. No reserve. All lots will sell. Over 1,500 bales selling on 58 separate lots. Alfalfa, baleage, grass, straw, and corn stocks. Large squares and large rounds. Featured lots include 20 bales of large square alfalfa, 3 by 3 by 8 second cutting tarp from Fowler's Auction. 120 bales of large square grass selling on 20 bale lots. It's 3 by 3 by 8 first and second cutting, 750 pounds shedded from Allenberger Auctions. 21 tons of large square grass, 2.5 by 3 by 8, 675 pounds stored inside mixed grasses from Wagner Forages. 40 bales of large square orchard Timothy mix. 3 by 4 by 8, 950 pounds. It's first cutting, low potassium, stored inside on pallets from countryside sales. 20 bales of large square test, 3 by 3 by 8, tarped and in good condition from Fowler's Auction. 34 alfalfa baleage large square bales, selling on two 17-bale lots. 3 by 3 by 6, no grass, no weeds, no rains. It's tested from Bear Family Farms. 96 bales of large round alfalfa selling on two 48 bale lots, four and a half by five, net wrap, 675 pounds, super clean from Grow Ohio Ag. 80 bales of large round alfalfa grass mix selling on eight 10 bale lots, second and third cutting, five by five, net wrap from Hickey's Auction. 40 bales of large round alfalfa grass mix selling on two 20 bale lots, first cutting, four by five, 850 pounds, net wrap, it's 90% grass from Buckeye Auction. 24 bales of large round alfalfa, 4 by 4 first cutting, net wrap, 580 pounds from Allenberger Auctions. 20 bales of large round alfalfa, Brome Orchard Mix, 4 by 5 net wrap, 775 pounds. It's a 50-50 mix, super clean from Norwood Ranch. 14 bales of large round alfalfa, Orchard Mix, 70% alfalfa, 5 by 5 poly-wrapped, 1,400 pounds, bales dry from Halstead Farms. Bidding opens at just $10 a bale and is currently live, but all lots will sell the morning of Wednesday, March 29th. View all these lots and dozens more on LivestockMarket.com and AuctionTime.com. A question that uh, I have from a listener, I shouldn't say a question, it was more of a conversation that I had with a listener, and we said we need to bring in Marty Rob, Allied Genetic Resources, and weigh in on this, and that is in regards to marketing. First, you know, should we be 
marketing 24-7, 365? And the answer to that, yeah, obvi- is yes. Even though we are in the midst of calving, some people finishing up, some people just starting, uh, some people uh, fixing to start. But regardless, calving is what is on a lot of people's minds this time of year. And then buying bulls, buying seed stock, buying the other half that we need is what is on those people's minds. So, uh, Marty, we wanted you to weigh in on this a little bit in terms of marketing and what we need to be thinking about when we are making those bull buying decisions about how it's going to affect us in the future and what kind of plan we're going to put together. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things. And one is that, you know, the data and the reputation of all of your seed stock provider to the purchasers is becoming giant. Um, and so therefore, in, I mean, just buying a bull is not part of a marketing plan. Um, buying a bull from somewhere that either A, the, the reputation is so good that it'll help you market those calves or B, someone that actually is interested in being involved in that with you. Um, that decision gets made the day you buy the bull. And that's you know two and a half years before you market any calves. If you've not had the end in mind, um, it's time to have the end in mind when you purchase a seed stock. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Before we say goodbye, we want to make sure we give a big tip of the hat. And this one isn't necessarily so cattle specific as it is more family specific. All of you that drive rural school buses. Amen. Oh my gosh, this has been a year like no other with record-setting snows in many areas, including our own. We want to make a big thank you and a tip of the hat to all of you for being patient and making sure those kids, our next generation, have been getting to and from school safe. And that hasn't been an easy thing because Mm -hmm. there has been in many areas of the country where schools are starting late and they're getting out early and school buses are trying to beat snows coming in and they're trying not to get stuck in yards. So mm-hmm. I think that is a great tip of the hat. Mm-hmm. And now that is going to wrap it for today. A big thanks from our crew to yours, Dar Geis with the DLCC Ranch, Marty Rop with Allied Genetic Resources, Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com, Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated, and the boss lady, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. That's you, by the way. Ah, thank you. A huge thank you goes out to our partners, DLCC Ranch, the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale, Farmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange, and the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFDTV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. And crew, so glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text us 24-7 at 707-RANCH-20. That's 707-726-2420. Spread the good word and join us again next week where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up. <laughs>